Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fruit Snacks. I'm going to do something just a little different today. I'm going to just ask you to pause right now and go read Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 21 and then also hop over to Hebrews and read Hebrews 10 10. The reason for that is there is just a lot to unpack doctrinally today in this episode and I'm just not going to have the time to reference every verse and, and read it uh, for us to to get that context. So I'm just going to ask you to get that context in your brain before we dive in, because today we are going to continue on our discussion about sin and death, but we're going to do it by looking at how Paul in Romans 5 compares uh, Adam to Jesus as it relates to how both of them have interacted with both sin and death. And so I'm just going to be buzzing through a bunch of different references, and we may or may not go in order. So go ahead and read through those passages. And uh, when you get back, I'm just going to assume that you've read it, and we're going to dive right in. So we see here in Romans 5 a sort of direct comparison between Adam and Jesus. And it is a comparison between both of their works. Adam's sinful work and all that it brings is compared to Jesus's perfect work and all that it brings. And we see these direct comparisons back and forth, albeit not necessarily in the order that I'm presenting it here. So uh, we see in verse 12 when uh, we, because Paul starts with Jesus and then shifts to Adam, but I'm going to do the opposite because chronologically Adam is coming first. So Adam's sinful work brings death, first of all, in, in verse 12. That's the, the thing that is Romans 6.23, James 1, 14 and 15, like we talked about on Monday. Death is the ultimate consequence here. But So, so that's the, the, the biggest thing that Adam's sinful work brings. But it also brings a couple other things. Death in and of itself, but death which spread to all, also in verse 12. And that's a key, key thing. So keep that in your mind as well. But in addition to that, death which spreads to all men, Adam's sinful work also brought to the human race weakness, which we see in verse 6, ungodliness in the same verse, a character of sin in verse 8, which invites the wrath of God on our lives, which we see in verse 9. In verse 10, this establishes us, our status, as enemies of God. Fundamentally, we are oriented away from God or against God. And as a result of this, in verse 16, we are rightfully the recipients of God's condemnation. So this is the result of Adam's sinful work and, and sort of by implication, the sinful works of all men because all have sinned, according to Paul in Romans, and therefore all of us have rightfully earned all of these consequences for ourselves as well. Now, we obtain all of these consequences simply in verse 12 by being born 
and sinning. That when we sin, we bring death upon ourselves and all the weakness, ungodliness, uh, enmity with God and the rightful condemnation that comes with it. Now, because of this, because of Adam's work and because of our sinfulness as we follow right along in that same pattern, in verse 18 of Romans 5, we see that condemnation is deserved by all. If everyone has sinned, uh, then everyone deserves condemnation. Or I should say anyone that has sinned deserves condemnation. And in verse 19, many will find that condemnation. That uh, there are, as Jesus says, a wide, wide road that many will find, and that road leads to destruction. Now, I want to contrast that with the work of Jesus, his perfect work compared to Adam's sinful work. And we see that Jesus's perfect work in verse one brings us peace with God. Not only peace, but in verse two, access to God. In verse nine, and this is a huge one, that that wrath that we rightfully bring upon ourselves under Adam's system, Jesus removes that in verse nine, and he brings with it reconciliation to God. So instead of being God's enemies, as we saw in verse 10 with Adam, we are now reconciled to God. We are justified before God in verse 16. And now instead of having rightful condemnation and ungodliness as our character, we have righteousness before God in verse 17. Instead of death, we see that we are now inheritors of life in verse 18. And this is why I wanted you to hop over and read Hebrews 10.10 as a sort of add-on to this passage. Because according to Hebrews 10.10, it's a fascinating verse. It Also, our sanctification is something that is secured through Jesus. We can often, as Christians, think of Jesus's work in terms of our justification, but then we sort of shift the focus back to ourselves when we think about our sanctification, that what Jesus did, he sort of got the ball rolling, and now now it's on us. That is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that everything we have, everything we are, we owe it all to Jesus, not just our justification. But even our sanctification is something that Jesus did and paid for and is a direct result of his work, not our works. Now, in contrast to Adam and the, the work under Adam of you get all this by being born and sinning, with Jesus, you get all of this, the peace, the access, the removal of wrath, reconciliation, justification, sanctification, and life. You get all of this by faith. In verse one, which is belief, trust that what God said he will do, he'll do. That if he said Jesus is the way, that do you believe that? If you do, then you have faith. You have placed your trust in Jesus. And therefore, it is a free gift. All that God asks is that we believe. And according to verses 15 and 16, it is a free gift of grace. We did nothing to earn it or deserve it. It is simply a free gift. And those who choose to believe it, to trust that promise, will obtain uh, the results of that promise. So because of this, unlike Adam in verses 18 and 19, where condemnation is deserved by all men and many will end up being condemned, because of Jesus, life is possible for all men, that the 
work of Jesus on the cross was sufficient to pay for all the sin of all the world forever. And so it is at least theoretically possible that every single human could be reconciled to God if they so chose. And according to verse 19, in the same way as Adam, there are many who will find that life. So what it boils down to here is that what Adam could not do, where Adam fundamentally failed, Jesus succeeded. And because of Jesus succeeding, because of him doing what no one else could do, we now can benefit from it because of the great mercy and love that God has toward us. So I pray that if you have not accepted that mercy and thrown yourself before it, that you would do so, that you would trust that Jesus and what he did is enough because that is the promise of God. That's the gospel. And if you have, I pray that you would rest in that today, that you would remember that it has nothing to do with your performance. Jesus is the one who has perfectly fulfilled the law and the requirement of God so that we can be reconciled. 